How's it going, Danny? I'm good, Tyler. How are you? Doing pretty good. Just, uh, you know, chilling at home. <laughs> yeah, we're home, buddy. Right? I was super excited that this is our Thanksgiving episode. As you already know by the episode title, we're going to be covering Thanksgiving, which I'm super excited for. I was super excited to do this in person, and then we're both close contacts again. I know. It's a bummer, but what has to be done has to be done, so here we are. So here we are, celebrating Thanksgiving away from everybody, like hopefully you all are out there, because Jesus fucking Christ, the rates of these fucking COVID numbers. Oof. I know it's ridiculous, but you're right. If we're going to get this under control, we've got to have to, you know, play by the rules. Right. So we're just setting a good example. That's all we're doing, Danny. I agree with that. And we're going to continue setting a good example by getting stoned. <laughs> yeah, we are. So let's get in our green hits for the day. Once again, normally we'll, we'd exchange some fucking joints, but yeah, I can't hand you anything through the phone. So what do you have today? I, I still have a joint left over from a dispensary. We frequent a lot. So with that being said, I have a joint of strawberry banana. It is an indica dominant hybrid. It's 70% indica, 30% sativa. It was created by breeders at the infamous Sirius Seeds. So this is a popular strawberry bubblegum crossed with Crockett's banana kush strains. Okay. And with that being said, this particular strain that I have, the THC is 30.5%. So it's pretty up there in terms of the THC. The effects that you typically get from this, you'll feel happy, relaxed, a little euphoric. The flavors, of course, is what we're kind of chasing. We like the berries, so it has a berry, a strawberry, sweet and tropical. And the aromas are very earthy, strawberry and sweet. And I did actually roll a J of some Komodo Dragon. I got from a shop here in town a while back, but I've been sitting on it. I figured this would be a good time to bust it out. And this one is a 60-40 sativa indica, and it's a sativa dominant, of course. But uh, this particular one is a classic Ken Dog number four crossed with Gupta Kush. And uh, I really like this one. It has like a grapey, citrusy flavor. Mm. Yeah, it has a little bit of a, it smells a little perfumey when it burns. But for the most part, it's a nice, mellow high. I think this one that I've got, it's right at 23.6%. So not too bad for a sativa. Oh, yeah. So I ended up the other day going down and... I know I've mentioned I go to Flower every now and then because it's pretty close to my place. It's maybe not my favorite in town, but it, there's definitely good things to it that I really enjoy. But every time I've went to Flower, I've basically only ever tried their Flower. So I was like, ah, I'm going to pick up some of their Concentrate. And that's the thing. I picked up two different things. I was super excited to tell you all about the first one that I tried earlier, some Gyla Shatter. I tried to oh. look up Gyla can't find shit about the strain. It seems to not exist. I checked like three different fucking weed apps. I just like went to Google like the old days and just searched for it. Couldn't find shit on it. So what I can tell you is that it tasted super fucking floral. It was like biting into a goddamn flower, but it was like, wow. it was a nice high. So I was going to hit more of that, but like, I can't tell you anything else about it. So I do have one other one that I picked up that I'll probably take a dab of and that's some Death Star Shatter. I can't remember. We might have brought up Death Star on the show before. But it's a cross of Sensi Star and Sour Diesel. 
That being said, I'm not looking forward to the taste on this one as much because that means theoretically it should be pretty peppery. But also notes of herbal and citrus in there, so maybe those will come through. I know that some of these different flavor terpenes tend to vape at different temperatures, so some of those lower temp ones, especially when you're doing a dab, can sometimes accidentally get burned off pretty quick and you just end up with some of those other ones. So I'm curious to see what flavors actually come through with how accurate I actually get the temperature on my dab. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, so uh, I think we'll do that. And then we'll get into the guts and bolts of Thanksgiving. Guts and bolts. All right. So Thanksgiving, guts and bolts. Who and what went into this movie? Spoiler free. Oh God. And start with a spoiler free setup, don't I? God, this is fucking ridiculous. In response to some atrocities around the time of the first Thanksgiving, a turkey is necromanced and cursed and is a demon turkey and brought back to life to kill the white man and it's supposed to come back every 505 years which we'll talk about (laughs) but (laughs) it's come back and is killing kids it's a slasher movie (laughs) yeah as simple as it gets that's pretty much what you get I'm not exactly sure that that was actually spoiler-free, because I think I gave away most of the movie right there. (laughs) I mean, it's not really giving away too much. I mean, (laughs) it's it's a slasher, man. Yeah, it's a slasher. You you kind of know what you're going to get, yeah. And the name kind of applies itself to Thanksgiving. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so with that, of course, from week to week, we talk about people who go into making the film and the people who act in front of the cameras. And this week, our director is Jordan Downey. And this particular gentleman, he's known for such films as this is a little bit of a spoiler. There is a sequel. It's a funny story, but this one is thanks killing part three. Mm-hmm. He's also known for doing the short films, critters, bounty hunter and techno Western. And surprisingly, I've actually watched most of another film he's directed. I haven't finished it, but I intend to. And that film is The Headhunter, which I was watching. I believe it was on Shudder, if I'm not mistaken. might have been on Prime, but I believe it was on Shudder. I think it's Shudder. I think it um, might have been on Prime, though, at one point. But I think it's currently on Shudder. I can say this much without spoiling anything, is I do enjoy The Headhunter. It's a well-done film. I just like to haven't finished it, but I've enjoyed what I've watched so far. Hell yeah. Yeah, I kind of I want to see that one, and I think, ooh, I think friend of the show Donnie's also watched it. Nice. I can see why it'd be definitely up his alley. Yeah, I don't know. I'm stuck inside for the next week. I might watch that then. Nice, dude. All right. So moving forward, our writers, of course, include such gentlemen as Bradley Schultz, Anthony Wilson, and Grant Yaffe. They were brought on board to help with some additional dialogue. Of course, our director, Jordan Downey, helped write the script along with Kevin Stewart. And Kevin is known for writing the scripts for such films as Thanksgiving 3, Techno Western, and, of course, The Headhunter. The cinematographer, who also happens to be our writer, is Kevin Stewart. He went on to BP for Thanksgiving 3, the film, or the short film, Critters, Bounty Hunter, Techno Western, the film Unfriended, Dark Web, and The Headhunter. The editor, of course, was Kevin Stewart. The music was composed by Casimir Royale. This is the only film they've helped compose music for. 
This was produced by both Jordan Downey and Kevin Stewart. The production company was in broad daylight films. The distributors were Gravitas Ventures. They helped with the 2010 United States Video On Demand. And Warner Brothers helped with the 2009 USA Video On Demand. There's a couple of release dates. I have it for December 6, 2008 at the Sacramento Horror Film Festival here in the United States. And November 17, 2009, that was the USA DVD premiere. It had an estimated budget of about $3,500, if you can believe that, Tyler. Yeah, yeah, I can believe that. <laughs> <laughs> and there are a couple of different taglines. I just grabbed one of them, and the one I grabbed, it says, Gobble, gobble, motherfucker. Yes, I was hoping you were going to grab that one. <laughs> yeah. It's also a line quoted in this film. Mm-hmm. All right, so moving forward, the cast of Thanks Killing. I'm going to lead off with Natasha Cordova. She plays the bit alley in the film. The other projects that she's known for, she was on Legend of Cayman, and she was a part of the Underwater Experts television show back in 2012. We have Lindsay Anderson. She plays the role of Kristen Oud in this film. The other film that she's known for, believe it or not, is Terror Firmer, which I've been kind of looking for for a while. I never really got my hands on it, but it's one of those trauma films, so I'm kind of curious about it. Hmm. All right. We have Lance Fredmore. He plays the role of Johnny in this film. The other project of note was he was in Elementary and Education in Depth. All right, we have Aaron Carlson. He plays the role of Billy Langston. This is his only film credit to date. We have Ryan Francis. He plays the role of Darren. He has a couple of credits to his name. He's also in a film entitled Saturday Night Pillow Fights. Have you ever had any of those? Any Saturday? No, no, I don't think I have. <laughs> You're missing out, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and the other film of note that I have him down for is The Biker Warrior Babe. Versus the zombie babies from hell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pretty interesting, if you ask me. All right, we have a gentleman named General Bastard. He plays the role of Oscar the Hermit. And this is his only film to date. You which, don't uh, Yeah, I was kind of surprised. Like He seems like a guy who'd been in a couple of films, but I guess not, surprisingly. All right, the next gentleman I have is Chuck. He's also known by a nickname. And oh, yeah. I'll mention <laughs> yeah, that nickname is not a spoiler. It's a little bit of a trivia, but he goes by Chuck, dead body guy, Lamb. And he plays the role of Sheriff Rowell in this film. And he's a really interesting guy. I was reading a little bit about him. And he grew up in North Carolina and then he moved down to Tampa and, you know, just did the family thing, you know. He has like six kids. He didn't really get into film or whatnot until his last kid got out of college, I believe it was, or high school, what have you. Hmm. And he started getting like bit parts in some films, but he mostly played dead bodies. And <laughs> he's got like all kinds of neat little things associated with him, I guess, like nicknames and, you know, what have you. But he's been quoted as being the most famous dead guy in the world and the most unique website on the internet today. So. <laughs> It's pretty interesting. But anyway, I mean, all the films he's been in, it's just like mostly bit parts. He's been in such films like Krampus, Book of the Dead. He was also in Kentucky Horror Show back in 2008 and mm-hmm. Horrorween. And like I said, mostly just known for playing dead bodies. But 
interestingly enough. And the last credit that I do have is Jordan Downey, who's our director, one of our writers. He voices Turkey in this film. And that pretty much rounds out the cast and crew. I know you gave us a brief setup of what this film entails. I should give our listeners some warnings heading into the film. All right. So depending on which poster of Thanksgiving you've seen, there's actually a warning on the poster. Warning, boobs in the first second. <laughs> exactly. Which actually was also one of the taglines. <laughs> so there's boobs. Which I think they pulled the taglines from that poster that you're talking about. I think so, too. Yeah, so there's boobs, there's cussing, there's blood, there's gore. There's actually not yeah. many... I mean, if you don't want to see boobs in this movie, though, literally just skip the first, like, 30 Minute, seconds. Minute, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Like, if for whatever reason you're down with everything else, but nudity isn't your thing, skip the first minute and you're good. Yeah, so it'll go from being, like, an hour, seven minutes, to an hour, six-minute film for you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Slasher violence, low-budget slasher violence, super low-budget slasher violence. Yeah, I mean, it's mostly just language, like you were saying, a little bit of gore here and there, not very much, but there's some decent moments from time to time. If you don't like bad movies. I agree, yeah. If you're not a fan of low-budget films, like I said, we did mention this was shot on a $3,500 budget, and I'm not misquoting that. <laughs> Thousand. Yeah, that's about all there is to say. Let's get into it. Let's actually, like, I don't know, carve this turkey? What's a good punny way to open this up? I don't fucking care. Let's find out how it made us squeal. Gobble, gobble, motherfucker. How does that make you squeal? Oh, I don't even know where to start. Fuck yeah, thanks, killing. Fun <laughs> <laughs> right. issue, though, for us. I don't think we've ever done a proper Thanksgiving themed horror film, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but I think this might be our first. Well, because how many Thanksgiving-themed horror films are there? there there's Honestly, two. I can't answer that. There's Thanksgiving <laughs> that and Thanksgiving 3. Right, exactly, that we know of. And there's there's got to be at least that. one more. There's got to be at least one more. Yeah, I can't say I've searched for it, but I'm sure there is more than just the two. And if not, so be it. You know, maybe it'll spawn a phenomenon. You never know. I doubt it, but you never know. Well, even if there isn't another full one, like there's a couple different horror anthologies based on holidays, right? Like there's got to be a couple yeah. shorts based on Thanksgiving. You so, would think, yeah. Right? Like that has to have happened. Anyway, maybe next year we'll search one of those out. Or maybe we'll just watch Thanksgiving 3. Yeah, we've got time in between, but we'll find out soon. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do with some of that time in between? Rewatch this fucking movie because it is amazing. Awesome, man. I'm glad you said that. I did enjoy this film a lot more than I thought I was. I'll put it that way, just from the get-go. I really enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would. You know, out of the So Bad It's Good movies we've covered, this might be one of my favorite. Mm. I tend to agree with you there, too, man. It's definitely better than Evil Bob. Yeah. It uh, reminds me of it in a little way, but I think it's better. Yeah. God, what else have we done that's so bad it's good? Like, 420 Massacre was on that scale, kind of. Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. It was low budget. wasn't bad. wasn't great, but it wasn't bad either. This is better. Yeah, I think it has more rewatchable value. And because the clock's in at an hour and some change, you don't have to like spend a lot of time yeah, uh, digesting it. 
it doesn't impose upon your life by being like way fucking longer than it needs to be. Honestly, this movie probably is a little bit longer than it needs to be. You can probably do a, a version of this movie that's 50 minutes, but you don't. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you, you can cut out some of the trends, but yeah, you don't need to. It doesn't overstay its welcome, other than maybe that fucking opening title sequence. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. But I guess they had to do something creative. And it just is so charmingly stupid all the way through. It is very consistent with that. You have to give them credit there. <laughs> like, my notes for this movie look so much different than most other notes I've taken. Like, my opening notes for this movie is, wow, open on a nipple? That's bold. Why? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It gives you, you know, just like, a lot of films we covered and we've watched in our lifetime where it gives you like some expo, but it's written out, you know, it's like a few moments right after the first Thanksgiving. And like you said, you see some nipples and I'm like, Hey, I ain't mad, <laughs> you know? Right. But what it leads to is what we get is one of the more quotable lines in this film where you see a Turkey and of course it speaks and it says nice tits, ma'am, or in his, Case nice tits, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> then he, you know, he commences the killing, said woman with her boobs exposed. That's not explained either. It just happens to be, you know, what she's doing. Yeah, I mean, so when you combine that with the way that Billy's pilgrim ancestor is portrayed in the cartoon later... You can guess he was probably pretty lecherous for being a preacher or whatever he was. Okay, and it, yeah. it seems I like she's that. probably tied to that, but we still mm -hmm. don't have any more information than that. And that's only a guess considering like the way his animation comes up. His cartoon right, figure is holding the super busty pilgrim. And that would make sense if you're reading into that. But that's still the only information we get. It still exactly, doesn't make sense but... why her tits are out right then, especially no, 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 moments after the first Thanksgiving. <laughs> no. All, right. All right, but like you were saying, is once that scene happens, she says this quote, and she uh, she dies. Is you go into the title sequence, and it's like, okay, you know, we get it. We've seen that a million times before, <laughs> and then my very very next note, because my first note is just this quote, but. This is my first observation of the film. Is I wrote, is this supposed to be like an infomercial for those Everest college commercials that you would see <laughs> on television? I knew it fucking <laughs> reminded me of something and I couldn't figure it out because it wasn't like it wasn't <laughs> quite like nineties on a campus TV style. Because mm -mm. it, it was close. close to that, but it wasn't quite that. And I'm like, this still reminds me of something though that Oh, I'm just not putting my... You nailed it with that. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can think about, man. Like, this is so silly. And, you know, they're playing it up. And what I thought was kind of silly, and it reminded me of Evil Bong, was the character of Darren. And I can't remember the character's name in Evil Bong, but the nerdy guy. And that right. I think there's a little bit of similarity there. But that's maybe the extent of it. So it felt a little bit like that. And then our boy Johnny... He looks at Darren, and he uh, he says, "You want to touch my weapon of mass destruction?" Dude, I say, like, "Where where do they where do they go with this? What's going on?" Look, I'm not. I mean, when that fucking happened, and he was fucking flexing and having Darren fucking massage his guns, I'm just. 
like COVID's been happening for like a year now. I've let myself go. But before that, I was in the gym kind of regular. Like I was in the gym regularly, but I wasn't like a crazy gym rat. And like, no offense, like Johnny's an in-shape dude overall, but like, I'm not fucking writing home to, <laughs> to fucking boast about those fucking guns, dude. Like, I don't know, but you know, Billy rightfully so put him right in his place. Darren, that is, because he's like, uh, hey, Darren, I got a muscle you can touch. You know, so early on, they're already playing up some of the comedy, which I think to this film's benefit, it does a really good job because throughout there's, you know, one-liners and zingers, and it, it does kind of keep the movie going from falling flat, in my opinion. Oh, and just the, oh my God, some of the line delivery on this fucking shit, just the, what's Poon? <laughs> <laughs> even in in that stuff right where yeah. um that's not gay at all that, really. <laughs> no, yeah exactly even when darren out of out of nowhere he's like you know i'm gonna go buck wild I, i'm i'm gonna go stripped you know go um i'm, skinny gonna, dipping I'm gonna go skinny nude, dipping nude. uh like that, yeah, that's, i'm gonna ghost ride means. the whip <laughs> by the way if, like this dude is so silly if, like, dude is going off that excited and he's like, I'm going to go stride the whip and he's my friend, I'd be like, well, we have a car right here. Do you want to, like, take over for a second and just scratch this off your fucking list? Like, I know, right. Easy bucket list item right now. Let's get it over with. Um, but the very next line, I believe, what he says is he's like, I'm, I'm going to have, have sex with someone in this car. Yeah. And that's when Allie, the, you know, in this film, if you're playing on the stereotype, she's a slutty girl. She's like, um, it's not going to be with me. I'm a prude. And, you know, they're all kind of snickering. And what Billy says to her, this is where they're playing up the comedy. He's like, uh, he's like, I hate to you know, say it to you, but you're a hoe. And he's like, you're, you're pretty skanky. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it was so funny, man. Wait, so how awkward does any road trip instantly become? If one of your homies suddenly just exclaims, while we're out doing this, I'm going to have sex with someone in this car. I know. I'm like, what What are you doing, dude? What are you talking about? And then and, from, and the whole time he's looking at his hands, he's like, it's not going to just be by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be doing the sexing. Uh, <laughs> and from does, that uh, second on... Not even knowing what was to come later, from that second on, I was like, I hope that he ends up in a situation where, like, him and Billy are just blind drunk, dark in a fucking tent together. Um, It wasn't too far removed from that in context, maybe. Maybe out of context. I, like, the second he said that, I just started thinking of... Uh, in clerks how caitlin cheated on him what was it like seven and a half times mm -hmm. and then the half time was because she was supposed to meet up with fucking brad but accidentally met up with dante in the room instead but exactly brad, but brad met up with that in the wrong room and ended up getting married to that dude and they're raising that shit is in so Idaho. funny that is so funny that's the fucking situation i was hoping for never got it never got it never got close got close I, I was kind of wondering where they were going to go with that too just the way he was playing it up but you know no big deal it's just kind of playing on those stereotypes you know he's the virgin whatever but also oh, the nerd when, industry, yeah. when they're calling Allie a slut the fucking 
I wish they wouldn't have tried to make this like the rule of three callback joke because it was so good the first drop that your legs are harder to close yeah. than the John Benet Ramsey case. I wrote that down on my notes. It's like that's a running like joke gag in this film. I wish they wouldn't have made it a running gag because that first time was perfect. And the second time when they bring it up later on, like they all crack up like three times harder at it. I'm wondering if that's the, the first, like the way they filmed it, if that was the first time she dropped that line in filming, not necessarily the way the film plays out, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Right, right. So maybe that's why it landed harder the second time. But I thought it, it was funny. I was like, why would it land so much harder the second time when they ever already heard this joke before? Yeah, because they all go fucking buck wild for it that second time. Yeah, because it even cues back to Allie on the porch, like waving. And then, it, you know, they go back to the shot in the car and he's like, oh, man, that was good. But that you know, first yeah, time, I fucking, more. I lost it for a second. I was like, that is I was fucking like, great. I was like, damn, that was a really good joke. That was clever. That was, that was pretty good. <laughs> but it, it didn't hit as hard, maybe to us as an audience, as it should have in the car ride the first time. Right. And that's why I'm thinking maybe it was filmed out of sequence. All right, so Turkey's about to wake up, right? Right, so we get the, the callback to <laughs> Fuck the 505 years, it's definitely the dog piss that wakes it up, right? Yeah, you would think, because that's what happened, is Flashy slash Lassie goes out to take a, a wizard, and it happens to be peeing on the gravesite of the turkey. <laughs> and it's funny, because, you know, the, the lion the turkey gets, he's like, oh, I'm pissed! And then he kills, unfortunately, Flashy. And our boy Oscar can't find Flashy. He's just an old hag, an old hermit. It was an accident. It was an accident. Uh, but, <laughs> Which we come to find. But, oh, dude, I do want to mention. But here's the uh, thing. Like, you, it has to be the dog piss and not the 505 years. Because otherwise somebody can't do math for shit. Because 505 years would be the year 2126. Unless they're saying that this movie is set in 2126. I guess. I don't know, man. That's weird, right? <laughs> yeah, they don't explain a lot. There's not a lot of logic in this film. <laughs> Granted, we're talking about Killer Turkey here. All right, this is what I found really interesting to us and possibly my favorite line in the entire film, right? Mm-hmm. Is right after the scene with the turkey being resurrected out of, you know, because it appears because the dog pissed on him. We get a shot of Sheriff Rowell sitting at the coffee table and his wife is, you know, whatever, making coffee for him or what have you. And I was like, man, this is funny that we're doing a film, two films actually in a row that play on a coffee gag, right? You know, we did Mr. Vampire last week where they had a coffee gag because the guys didn't know what coffee was. Mm -hmm. They'd never had it before. But in this case, the coffee gag is a little different because my favorite line happens to be right as Sheriff takes a sip out, out of his coffee he says, I, I had to write it down because it's pretty good. He says, God damn, Cheryl, that coffee tastes like shit. He goes, what'd you do? Take a dump in it? And he's got the fake mustache. And you can see the coffee, like, you know, like where he's like, he spilled it on his mouth. And she's like, you know what? As a matter of fact, I did. She's like, I want I wanted a divorce. He's like, okay. <laughs> All right. That guy, that guy was too much, man. It, 
the way he said his line too, I was like, man, that was too funny. That that line is too good for this movie, but I'm glad it's in it because man, that was so good. Dude, he stole for the fucking show. Also, how quickly he identified the taste of shit and how unperturbed he was by it. <laughs> Sheriff Sheriff Rowdy eats ass. That's why he was with stepmom in the first place. She's like, I only stayed with his goofy ass this long because man can eat ass. But then he does get, he does like right when his daughter calls, like he tells her though, it's illegal to be tossing in the car. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. He didn't say tossing beer. He just said tossing. Yeah. He just said tossing. So that implies something entirely different. I think you might be right because there's a gag later on that involves salad and I'll make it a coincidence. Oh, that's true. I think you're right. I think there's been a hidden ass-eating joke in this the entire time. There, there is a lot of ass gags in this film. Even the, the driver, who we'll mention here in a little bit as well. Yeah, there's a lot of butt stuff. <laughs> yeah, a lot of butt stuff in this film. I... um. Okay, let's see. I think she makes the phone call, right, along the way. Kristen then is to her dad, because he even answers the phone. He's like, yomp. He's like, it's yomp, yomp. I was like, yeah, he's played it up good now. I think he did still the show. He played a really good part, but she's just explaining, you know, they're, they're on their way. Apparently, there's some kind of Thanksgiving ball at the sheriff's office or something. <laughs> and uh, along the way, the car breaks down. Naturally, that's what happens in these kind of films, right? Although and nothing bad have... happens while their car is like nothing tangibly no. bad actually happens while their car gets broke down. Like it's actually kind of a fake out. That was kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like it overheated apparently and they just needed to let it cool down. And they're like, all right, we're going to camp. And of course our boy Darren's all, well, he's hyping, hyping it up because you know, he's going to get drunk. He wants to have sex, all the good stuff. Hey John, in the process of, if you yeah, get drunk process, enough, you can look under my hood. She says, she's like, I know what it is, Johnny. It's a flat tire. <laughs> and you're like, wow, they're really playing it up with her part. But, I mean, she does a good job for what she has to do. And because her boy Darren is so hyped up, he jumps on Billy's back and, you know, Billy knocks him off. And they use a couple non-PC terms loosely in this film, too, so mm-hmm. I don't have to necessarily say it. But, you know, like, okay, okay, they're they're doing that. But what happens is, is uh, Darren finds the old sign that says Crawberg. And surprisingly, they have a pretty good animation because when he tells the tale of Crawberg and what it means, we're like, man, this is actually pretty decent, man. It's not bad. Okay, it's it's pretty decent, but what the fuck is up with Feather Cloud? And his <laughs> fucking his nipples? AK-47. Like, I don't think that's technically racist because I don't think that there's any stereotype about Native Americans having big wow. floppy man titties with AK-47 nipples. Yeah, that was crazy. I, I, know, was I was like, I don't know fucking how. weird. It really was. Um, it's about Feather Cloud and how he was wronged by a pilgrim, right? Or is dishonored by a pilgrim. Happened to be a long lost relative, or not lost, but uh, a long distant relative of Billy, one of the Langstons, right? Is what we learned, which I think you were saying too, right? It looked like perhaps somebody who got along with some big bosomed ladies, mm-hmm. according to the animation, right? And as a result of all that stuff, Feather Cloud, because it appears that he was a black magic Native American, he necromanced a turkey 
that would roam the earth every, and this, it doesn't explain this either. Every 505 years, did you glean anything out of that? No. <laughs> I didn't either, but. Like I said, it, it doesn't it, even make sense because 505 years later would be 2126. Yeah, I, I don't get it either, but. Uh, did the, you see, <laughs> when he went to choose the turkey, did you see one of the other options that was hanging from that rack? Wasn't it like a, a dick? Yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> now that I was looking for it, but I did see it. Yeah, I kind of want that movie too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not opposed to that. That would be an interesting take on the genre. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell it, but I there's a joke that I I knew called Voodoo Dick that you could just turn that entire thing into a movie based off of that dick. And I'm sure they're out there. It's probably films where you don't necessarily want to watch. <laughs> It's in a whole different genre that we're going to cover on this. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of parodies on that. So, yeah, it's a demon turkey. It's a necromanced, undead demon turkey. Right, right, right. And, you know, so Darren's telling the tale. And it's funny because, you know, Johnny's like, hey, hey, you don't need to be telling us a scary story. There's, you know, girls here. <laughs> They're playing up that part. And, you know, I get it. It's, it's supposed to be funny. And it is kind of funny. But the whole point is, is Oscar, he finally does find his dog. And because of that, he also has the first encounter with the turkey, which he plays up the pun. It was an accident and all that other stuff. And Oscar takes a crack shot at turkey. Turkey escapes. Oscar has his breakdown moment where he's like, first my wife, then my dog, Flashy. <laughs> wow. I, like, I know. Like, God, man, this film, man, this is. Maybe this is the film we needed in 2020. That's how I'm looking at it. But after that encounter, because of the story and because they're settling in, they're going to camp out for the night and all that stuff, is Kristen's going to make a phone call because she needs to tell her dad that she's not going to be able to make it that night. And while she's out in the woods, you know, she's talking to her dad and she's getting kind of spooked because she thinks she hears some shit. And she's like, there's no way that there's a turkey out here in the woods. And of course, turkeys out there spooks her back. She tells the group they all make fun of her and what have you. And they all decided to crash out for the night. Billy tries to make the moves on Allie. She says she'll think about it maybe tomorrow, <laughs> but not tonight, right? So what right. we get. So nothing really happens. But the next morning is the group actually has their first encounter with Oscar because he has his gun. Billy wakes up. He's got some turkey deuce on him. <laughs> and, uh, all right. He so that turkey A-ball. deuce. Uh, one of. <laughs> So one of the charming things about this movie is almost every special effect in this movie, you can see how they're doing it. But some of them still end up being pretty good. Like some of the gore actually ends up still looking good, even if you know exactly how they're doing it. Still, you're right. It still looks pretty decent. It's not bad. It's even a lot worse. That turkey deuce, I'm pretty sure is just marshmallows with fucking cocoa powder on them. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. I would probably use, like, some of those coconut rolls that we have. Where <laughs> they look like you could use a pass those for cat turds. Oh, easy. All day long, those are cat You know, turds. so I get it. Yeah, it's practical. you got to use practical things, man. But, yeah. <laughs> On my second time going through, I was like, all right, I was able to kind of figure out what they're doing in almost every other scene. What the fuck are they doing right here? And I didn't even have to pause it. Like, it showed it for like a second, and I actually just paid attention that time through it. And I'm like, those look like fucking marshmallows. Those look delicious. I'm high. 
(laughs) 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 Yeah. So anywho, the the group, like they are introduced to Oscar and he kind of tells them, you know, Hey, you know, be on the lookout. It, you know, it recalls back the story that Darren told everybody the night before and the group, because the car is cooled down the Jeep that is they're driving back home. They drop off Allie, and that's when they hit that joke again on her, right? We were talking about earlier, and it hits a lot harder this time for whatever reason. And I think at least because of how we filmed this film, not in sequence. That's my take on it. Oscar, maybe not quite the same, but I couldn't shake out of my head that he was given some, like, Tommy Jarvis vibes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit. And I was like, oh, okay, that's who he is in this movie. That works for me. He's, I mean, in behind the mask terms, he's definitely. The oh, 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 no doubt about it. He know, yeah, like he said, he knows, he knows everything. <laughs> he's, he's warning them. Anyway, <laughs> how how sooner do we get to the the fucking turkey hitchhiking? <laughs> oh, it's soon. It's soon. It's like really, really soon, dude. Which is really good. Okay, actually, it's like the very next scene, believe it or not. Okay, so I was looking through my notes because I had this written up. All right, yeah, so after they they have, you know, their encounter with Oscar and all that stuff, the turkey <laughs> happens to be hitchhiking. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because the song that's playing happens to be about a dude in an Oldsmobile that the dude's driving at the time. And when he pulls over, the turkey even says it, right? Or the guy says it, like, cash, grass, or ass. And Turkey's like, I guess, uh, I guess I'm doing ass. Yeah, he's like, I'm out of gas, so I guess I'm going ass. He turns around and presents. Dude's like, Yeah, it's a nice tight ass. Yeah, and then the Turkey's like, No, this this isn't for you. There is not for anybody. This is this is for my, this is mine. This is me. <laughs> and commences to uh, hold the guy at gunpoint. Right, has the guy call his daughter. And uh, you know, talks apparently to his daughter, and then he blows the guy's brains out. And then uh, drives off. <laughs> All right. And, so th- wow. the the taking it to like shooting him while he's talking to his daughter actually got like, cr- that's actually pretty fucking crazy dark. And but in the context of this movie had me just fucking like laughing that it actually went there with how ridiculous everything else is. I know. Mean, um, I'm like, what is the fuck is going on? <laughs> but the one thing I think I'm kind of surprised. I don't know. I like the scene because of where it goes too dark, but I kind of weirdly wish that they would have just had him fuck the turkey. <laughs> oh man, that would have been so hilarious. Because very soon, like we flash back to the gang in between this, but very, very soon we have the turkey successfully imitating a human for a good <laughs> portion of the movie. I know, I was like, this movie is so silly, man. So I guess but what I, I kind of wanted to have happen in the hitchhiking scene is for the turkey to get fucked and to reveal to the guy, aha, I'm actually a turkey. Yeah, man. He could have played up on the gobble-gobble thing. And have the guy, like, kill himself out of shame once he realizes what he's done with the turkey never looking any different. <laughs> that would have been so hilarious, man. Because it seems like nobody huh. picks up on the fact that it's a turkey. Like, it's weird that it's a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's so funny. It's like, this, this is just what happens. You know, I, I, 
because we watched this film, I know I've watched it twice. I'm assuming you've watched it twice as well. Mm-hmm. I might have an idea of, of why people played it, even though it's never really presented this way, like outright, but there, there might be something more to it than what meets the eye of why people think it's not looking at it as just a turkey. Well, because <laughs> it, it kind of has powers, right? I was thinking that because later on in the film, it tricks Billy into thinking that he's eating an imaginary turkey, but then he pops out of him, apparently, is what it looks like. Yeah, that was, part was weird. I was just like, well, this is why it's a demon turkey. They've called it a demon just as many times in this movie, so whatever. I'll just say that. Right, right. Trick. I was like, you know, just because we didn't see the guy who was hitting on turkey, maybe he saw turkey as like a woman, like a prostitute. We don't know that. You know, right. I, I'm just assuming, which I know what that means, but, <laughs> you know, for uh, this, the movie sake, perhaps that's what it was. <laughs> now, I will say, though, just because Turkey doesn't get fucking fucked Boop. in his ass <laughs> doesn't mean he doesn't get any of this movie. That's what <laughs> you know what? That's what we should have put uh, in a warning. There's technically there's rape happens in this movie. You're right. But I mean, if you listen to us for a while we do disclaim stuff before it happens so there it is <laughs> yeah because we're not quite there yet but jeez we're Christ, almost there but yeah <laughs> all right so after uh yeah after the boofer gets shot turkey drives off of this car Allie gets dropped off johnny goes back home and we've already learned that johnny doesn't get along well with his dad because there was a flashback sequence which i thought was kind of funny mm-hmm. that black and white flashback he has in the car his dad disapproves of Johnny because he's not the first string quarterback like he was. So Johnny's like, I'm just going to lie to him. And his dad's up there. I, I wrote he's smoking a blunt, but that's not what he's doing. He's smoking a cigar out on the swing. <laughs> I was just playing up for a comments purpose, right? He's smoking a blunt. But when Johnny lies to his dad, his dad gets all excited. And they're having a you know a father and son moment. And Turkey's like, fuck that. Splits Johnny's dad's throat and uh, winds up taking a cigar and severs the head and throws it at Johnny. And Johnny, out of panic, runs back into the house, and his mom's dead, too. And I was like, you know what? For a $3,500 film, some of that's not bad, dude. The practical effects yeah. that they have to do yeah. didn't look bad. Like, you can tell that her eye gouge out is just gore makeup on the back of her eyelids as her eyes are closed. But it still yeah, looks yeah, pretty deal. good. <laughs> Yeah, it didn't look bad at all. I was like, yeah. I think that's more yeah, just because I know what I'm looking for. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. I mean, we kind of we can't help it. We kind of look for that kind of stuff. But to their credit, it looked good. Uh, <laughs> oh, but this is the next thing where you were talking about. Uh, disclaimer here is yeah, because everyone Allie. everyone went home except for Allie, who actually went to go get fucking railed by her actual boyfriend, even though she's been trying right. to get fucking just railed by Johnny. With Johnny. Yeah. And she and her boyfriend are, you know, hooking up in her bedroom and Turkey happens to uh, walk in. Turkey's all about, oh my God, fucking, I kind of lost it. A turkey fucking slitting Greg's neck, some of the blood landing on her back and her being, Greg, you finish quick. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) I'm like, damn. And then Turkey's like, nah, let me get up in this. And he's, well, even before that, he, he hits the punt. He's like pink pumpkin pie. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Then you know he does his thing, and 
he tells her, he's like, he hits her with another one of those puns, one of those jokes. He's like, you just got stuffed. Oh my God. This movie is fucking crazy, man. Yeah, it snaps her neck. She doesn't have a very good Scream Queen scream, I suppose, but yeah, it snaps her neck. She's done. Oh yeah, yeah. the, The gang, because of what happened to Johnny's parents, he drives back and meets up with Billy and Darren and Kristen and he tells them, you know, what happened. And then they go check on Allie to, you know, see which, you know, she's safe and all that shit. Johnny goes and finds out what happened to her. And then Darren hits the joke again, the third one. And this one I thought was, I was like, oh my God. Because yeah, he fucks <laughs> it one, up, right? It's the, it's the darkest joke in the movie. I forgot to write it down. How did he fuck it up? I, I wish I would have wrote it down because I remembered it got the whole, dark. The whole joke, the whole joke is your legs are harder to shut than the John Benet Ramsey case, right? That was the joke that Kristen hit twice in the film. The third one, Darren almost says it like that. He says, he says, yeah, I guess her legs uh, were harder to shut than John Benet Ramsey's legs. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why nobody said anything because the joke was wrong. He went dark, like super dark with it. Oh my fucking God. Dude, I'm, this is why this movie is so fuck. This isn't why. Like, I forgot what that joke even was, but it's just one of the many amazing. I fucking love this movie, dude. Yeah, like these jokes are honestly way too good for a thirty five hundred dollar film, but I'm glad they're in it because this is what makes this film like really entertaining. Is it's it's bonkers, but these jokes hit really good, and as, uh, I really like that. As dark and as good as that fucking up the third time hits. I still wish they only would have left it the one time because that one time was yeah. like a mic drop. Just, and I'm like, damn, I can't believe they went that route with it. But that was, <laughs> it was fucked up. But it was, you know, it it made sense in the context of uh, what was going on. So okay, when this movie for me oh, turned God. from just entertaining to being one of the most absurd genius fucking horror comedies I've ever watched is the turkey in Groucho glasses. <laughs> with sheriff? Drinking coffee with the sheriff in a fucking turkey costume. Uh, the sheriff, man, God, you know, that dude is so good. He asked the turkey, because the turkey says something like, well, I can't remember what he said exactly, but what led to that use of profanity. <laughs> but, uh, Did you just say fucking? Yeah, because he, he's like he's like I can't believe um, Kristen didn't tell me she had a midget friend. <laughs> so he, I'm like, oh my god, damn, this movie is fucking crazy. And he's like, I'm not worried about the size of the fuck. I'm worried about the age of the fuck. And he tells him, he's like, well, I know, five hundred ten years old. And he's like, well, fuck it then. <laughs> fuck it then. I guess you can say it. <laughs> I'm like Jesus, but. Apparently, some of the shit that the sheriff was saying to Turkey was kind of grating at Turkey. And he's like, man, if this guy doesn't stop his one-liners, he's like, I will fuck him up. Well, that was and, that was the only downside of that scene to me was they ramp into that really, really quickly at the end of their conversation. What they're playing at for the first, like, three quarters of their conversation is the Turkey having second thoughts about killing him because he's actually kind of a nice guy. Yeah, I mean, 
Dude's dressed up like a turkey. I'm like, oh my god, go figure. I was wondering. He takes a sip of the coffee. He's like, oh, is that is that hazelnut? Like, yep. Like that whole scene was so silly. It was so good. That well, and then that just gets followed up, and it's where it puts the movie over the top for me, <laughs> because then it gets really fucking dark with the turkey in a costume. It does. Because then, the t- but really fucking silly, because <laughs> because he after killing the sheriff, he pulls a fucking Otis. <laughs> God, doesn't he? I legitimately wrote down, I'm like, is this a fucking reference to House of a Thousand Corpses right now? Yeah, I mean, you would think, right? He's wearing he's Kristen's wearing... father's face <clears throat> when she arrives, and she's buying into it. What <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is going on with this film, dude? Like, the thing that would have cemented it is if he would have said, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? That would have been hilarious. But it's fucking hilarious because it's like they made a fucking fucked up face mask of his face, but then shrunk it? Yeah, that was, oh my God, to fit over a turkey decoy. And it's not so ridiculous if you never see them side by side, but you wait like three minutes into the scene and you do see them side by side. You see the turkey hovering just like, inches above yeah. him and you're like there's no way that face ever fit on that head. oh no, no. <laughs> that's what makes this movie so ridiculous man but it, it this film it knows that it's not taking itself serious it knows that that's why this shit's in it that's the thing i think the genius of this movie isn't necessarily how bad it is it's the fact that it knows everything about how bad it's being because there's been times, there's been times when me and you haven't had any idea what we're going to do the next week. So we have like thumbed through the entire Amazon Ooh. horror catalog or the entire <laughs> yeah. Netflix horror catalog. And 80% of those movies are this movie, but they don't know that they're this movie. Exactly. We've talked about it a couple times. Like, it is extremely easy to make a horror movie for cheap because depending on the type of horror you're going for, sometimes it's more about what you're not showing rather than what you're actually showing. I agree with that. I, I really do. But because of that, it's also really easy for a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of really bad horror movies to get made. <laughs> That's proof of what we just said. We scroll through a lot of films that aren't that great. And, you know, one of these days, maybe we'll choose some of those at random and they won't be nearly as bad as we think they are. But I have a feeling yeah, that I mean, most of them are just about as bad as we think they are. <laughs> but, I'm sure there's going to be a lot that are going to prove us right. But with no amount of self-awareness. Every single one of those looks like they're being serious about what they're putting out. Because they can do it for enough money that they still make a profit on it, even if, you know, only 100 fucking people buy it. Exactly, dude. So, but here, here, here on top of that, though, it's so funny. Like, you know, well, you can get away with this because this film knows what it's doing. It knows that it, this film is silly, but it needs to be done. After the reveal of um, House of a Thousand Corpses, Face Dad, Turkey Dad, what they're doing, the group, 
is they're looking for a book that pertains to what to do in this circumstance with the damn turkey, like how to kill the turkey. And they think because of dad, the big book collector, that they might have one in her or in her dad's collection. <laughs> and they have a montage sequence. I was like, yes, this film is playing out really well because they do have a montage sequence where they're flipping through the book, looking for the book, doing all that stuff. They eventually find said book, right? Mm-hmm. And they find one part where it says, you know, you have to remove the talisman. And then the other part's written in kind of a mathematical code that's hard for Darren to break at the moment, but he knows he can do it. And as this is happening, Billy's hungry, right? So he wants to get some snacks. And he sees Turkey Dragon Sheriff Rattle in the kitchen. <laughs> He's like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> like, tidying up? <laughs> He's like, well, if that's the sheriff, then... You know, he calls his buddies because he figures out it's turkey. And they have their little count over turkey. And mm-hmm. they get the talisman off, but he escapes. I was like, man, this film, I like, I wonder how intentional it is that their acting is so atrocious. <laughs> this film is the people who play Kristen and Johnny. Like, her dad just died. His parents just died. They're supposed to be having this moment <laughs> in the living room or <laughs> whatever. Right. It's just like, it is so flat. Like, there's no emotion in it. So I'm like, well, that's kind of what this film is. Like, I don't think that, I don't even think they're supposed to really show any emotion. That's kind of the point. Well, uh, <laughs> it didn't stick out for me there, but it really stuck out to me how flat they were just a couple scenes later after Billy also gets killed. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is really leading into that is because Billy has kind of had it up with them. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's like, he's like, he didn't want to go out and have a snack. And so he, he kind of fucks off and Darren finally cracks the code. He's like, uh, what we need to do is once you get the talisman, weakens the turkey's invincibility. And then you have to recite this demon prayer backwards in unison. And then you have to burn it at the stake like a witch. Right? <laughs> That's basically how you kill it. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, what happens when you can't find the turkey? It's like, oh, well, the turkey's either, you know, hiding in its teepee or it's out killing one of your friends. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where Billy sees the imaginary turkey because turkey's like, ah, sucker. Gets him to eat the fake turkey, burst out of him, which all that gourd stuff looks pretty damn decent, man. You got to give him credit. It didn't look bad. I mean, you could tell. (laughs) You know, that was all practical. When it's bursting out, it all looks pretty good except for the ribs. Right. And then later on when they find his body and <laughs> and Darren is fucking... Has his moment. Yeah, has his moment with him. Parts of it look really good. Parts of it look weird, I guess. Like, yeah. not necessarily bad. Like, they didn't look like they weren't guts of some kind. But, like, I didn't know what the fuck that was supposed to be hanging out of him either. Like, it didn't look like an actual gut. It didn't look like intestine. It just looked like random big blob of red. Let me ask you this, because it has to be asked. I mean, by anybody who ever watched this film, is right after this very emotional scene that Darren has when he finds his dead best friend, and he tells him, he's like, you know, I'm one of the cool kids now because of you. Because you helped me do it, right? And then it goes into arguably my favorite scene in the film where it's the video montage of when Billy introduced Darren to some kind of ice cream or they had ice cream for the first time. 
and that's where they became best friends. Dude. And it goes it goes into that music video. <laughs> oh. Like there is That was I love that shit. We don't get a chance to bring this up on this show, but I fucking love flashbacks that have never happened. <laughs> that was so funny, man. I I can't believe they're doing this right now. This is hilarious. I love flashbacks like this where almost certainly never happened like this. He's either playing it up oh, in his yeah. memories or it is 100% completely false. I love like, <laughs> like there's a, there's, like a that too. there's a flashback episode in like early South Park. That's one of my favorite where oh. they keep flashing back to all these situations where they end up getting ice cream at the end, even though none of those situations actually ended up with them getting ice cream at the end. You know the Clerks I'm cartoon not, not, had a flashback episode as their second episode, and which is oh, dude, fucking yeah. brilliant. It's so fucking hilarious. Anytime that a show really does brilliant. like like a bunch of people telling like a Sanjuro style retelling of events, but all shaded with their own memories, every version of that I fucking love. And when they did that little montage in this, I was like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> I like this movie. And it, it's only better with the uh, the super on the nose made for this movie song that's playing in the background of Dead Best Friend. Oh my god. That shit was hilarious. The lyrics and everything like you might get that friend. And then he vanishes. And then you know, you see the drive off in the Jeep with Darren looking outside with <laughs> That's fucking movie. All right. They find Turkey in his TP. And this is another one of those, and we were talking about the, the Astros shit, and this is because TP's tossing salad, a literal salad, mm-hmm. in a TP, and he's like, you know, this is going to be good, it's very fibrous, it's good for my diet. <laughs> and uh, they interrupt, of course. They have a plan, and the plan is Darren's going to tie up Turkey, which he does, and then he has the prayer book, and then they start to recite the prayer, and it starts to work. And they're like, okay, now we said it. Now we can kill him. And he's like, fuck this. I'm dipping out. Uh, but Oscar cuts him off. And Oscar blasts him into a trash bin. And they're like, you know, well, that's not the way to kill him. And then they go over to it. And he looks all fucked up. And they're like, okay, cool. It's, you know, it's said and done. That part and was Oscar, really funny because Kristen's like, this isn't how it's supposed to be done. We need to. And then he opens up the trash can. She's like, oh, yeah, he's super dead. That looks fucked up. Yeah, yeah, he's totally dead. So, all right, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't paying attention to exactly how much time had passed, and I knew that this was a shorter film. So when he got blasted by Oscar right there, first time through, I legit thought that he was dead and that the sequel was going to be from him coming back to life from the radioactive waste. I didn't realize we still had another... And I was, I was about to write it off as one of those ones where I'm like, okay, that was fun, but I'm a little bit disappointed that so many people ended up surviving from the main crew. And then it turns out that we had another 10 minutes of this movie. Yes, and there's a lot that happened in those 10 minutes. Because in those 10 minutes, they have a moment of victory, right? Where they're like, hey, you know, let's go back to Kristen's house and watch a movie. And they get all pumped up about the movie after, I have to say this too, it's kind of funny. Because as Oscar's leaving, he tells them something. He's like, oh, I hope you never have to go through like losing a mom or, or dad or your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> and that literally happened to all of them. 
I was like, this movie, yeah, this movie is so silly, but that was that was kind of funny too. That joke hit me pretty good the second time through. But then he, you know, he fucks off. But they get pumped up about watching the movie, and they happen to be watching. Did you catch it? Uh, Night of the Living Dead. There you go. Yeah, and uh, this is where Johnny's like, yeah, you know, I've got a got a girlfriend having, you know, and they're playing up Johnny and Kristen, and yeah, they start I'm gonna ask you. Would you be my girlfriend? <laughs> this shit. It is so not believable, but they go, you know, they do what they do. And Darren's like, uh, I, I gotta go pee. And he, you know, he goes fucks off and goes pee. And on the way back, he, uh, he runs into, uh, the radioactive turkey. The radioactive zombie demon turkey. Yeah. <laughs> like, He's like, why can't you just fucking die already? <laughs> and uh, Turkey attacks him, and he fucks him up good. Like he, the tongue rip out was tongue, pretty dope, right? And then you know, as that's happening, he starts pecking on him. And when you see like the above shot of Darren getting pecked and all that stuff, he does it really good. You have to give him credit. And the way that the blood and stuff comes out of his mouth and just the gore kind of bits, like. His was probably, in my, in my opinion, that is the best of all the gore they did in the film. I agree. But that's uh, intermixed with, there's no turkeys oh. up here, Darren. Oh, dude. I was like, that might be one of my other favorite lines. Because, yeah, as he's dying, he's starting to see, he's starting to see Billy. And he's like, yeah, he's like, God's over here waiting on him. And he doesn't with that line. <laughs> no turkeys up here, Darren. It's like, oh man, that is that is so fucking funny, man. All right, so Darren gets it, and Johnny and Kristen are on the couch, passed out. He hears Turkey, and that's what snaps him out of his sleep. And he wants to go check on Darren, and he finds Darren. And as he's turning, I guess to tell Kristen what's happening, he gets hit with that ledger Turkey Carver. Mm-hmm. He gets fucked up pretty good. He gets he gets fucked up really good, and. Kristen walks in and she lets out her little scream, her scream and she winds up punching Turkey. And I thought this is funny too. When they're running out of the house, she's like, let's go hide in that shed over there. Like she's never seen it before. That's her dad's house. <laughs> and I was like, that's kind of funny. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but if it was, that's fucking funny. Well, that weirdly she calls... like she's never seen it before. I was about to say that weirdly calls back to earlier when she was telling Johnny where to go. And he's like, yeah, I know. I dropped you off last night. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, yeah. It's like, the house is just up here. Yeah, I know. I dropped you off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, this, this movie has the right being this funny, but it's good. All right, so they hide. They hide in the shed. She finds a spray. He still has a lighter. She uses it when Turkey comes up, and she sprays him, sets him on fire. Johnny's like, you know, telling her he's not gonna be able to make it, and before he can kiss her, he dies. <laughs> he just comes over and dies. And I guess on the way she's walking out, doesn't she have like a baseball bat with her, and she wanted to club in Turkey? Yeah, that knocks him in. The, yeah, knocks him <clears throat> in the fire because it has to be at the stake, like a witch. Like a witch, that. yeah. Fulfills and then she that. happens to find a turkey leg, mm-hmm. and Oscar's there. He always he always happens to be around for whatever reason, and he congratulates her. And you know, like, so they watch Turkey Burn, and then you get a nuts 
shot. There's probably some time has elapsed a little bit. Just do Caleb and his family, and looks like they're having a Thanksgiving dinner meal, what have you. And they're around the table saying prayer, and you see the turkey move. <laughs> and do you know what the turkey says? Do you remember what it says? Do I smell sequel, Biatch? <laughs> Oh, yeah, dude. I'm like, yes, man. To be continued in space. Which they said that at the end of this film, when they put that in there, they had no intention of doing a sequel, and that's why they put it in there. It's just as a gag. But they raised enough money, and they did make a sequel. We didn't talk about it, but we've mentioned it a few times, which I think is clever, too, given the title. So... I have a feeling that Jordan Downey is probably having the career a little bit more like what he wants with having put out like the headhunter and stuff. But I mean, if they ever wanted to put him in charge of the evil bong franchise, I think we have a yeah. com- like combination right there. I think you're onto something, man. Cause it does have that feel. There's some similarities between those two different films. There's similarities. He's just a little bit better at it. I tend to believe you're right as well and it would be neat to see what would happen you know say if perchance he got his hands on the evil bong franchise <laughs> i think it'd be a good combination like have uh, him and his writing partner on this and then cinematographer editor kevin stewart it'd be pretty good man to have him on board if that were the case yeah i mean i, I could see it happening you don't work i have a feeling it's probably not the, necessarily the kind of thing he wants to do but Right, I get granted, yeah. But I'm down for it. That's what I'm saying. Oh, if it happened, I'd totally up for it. I think both of us would champion that. Yeah, man, I don't know. It's a really fucking simple slasher movie, but I don't know, man. It hit so well for me. This one really is a, a fun film with like a group of friends, just a party film. Like It's just a little over an hour long, so... It could be one of those that you could throw on either to start or just even something in the background. You know, I think it would grab enough attention. Like, what the fuck is going on with this? Because there's enough humor in it. it. It still follows the slasher tropes and all that stuff. And way better than I was anticipating, man. Kudos to these guys. Not that you have to, but with how much this movie was sticking to slasher tropes and overplaying, like, cheesy slasher stereotypes and stuff. I am a bit surprised we didn't end up seeing Allie's tits. You know, you gotta give credit to Billy. He tried. He <laughs> tried at the beginning of the film. It almost worked. It almost worked. When I got the feel for what this movie was, that was something that I was just kind of expecting around the corner, basically, up until the point she died. And even then, like, I wasn't gonna put it past them to find some way to still get them out for a little bit after she died, but never happened so me one moment and i'm going to tell you an interesting story about how this film opens and why it opened the way it opened all right yeah yeah okay here we go so you ready yeah yeah okay so this is really cool i was reading about the reason why this film opened up with the breast shot the way it did and how it played out originally the script featured an opening scene that took place during the first Thanksgiving dinner in, quote-unquote, the olden days, right? Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, there was not enough time to shoot this scene, and the filmmakers could not afford the Pilgrim and Native American costumes it required. Actually, a year after Thanksgiving wrapped, like the initial filming, mm-hmm. Stewart and Downey, they both shot a quick opening scene involving a naked Pilgrim, which we got to see, who happened to be an adult 
film actress named Wanda Lust. So that's why that was in there. So they, I think the reason they put that animation during that Darren scene where he's giving you the expo about the name of the town and all that stuff, it was probably an easier and more cost-efficient way than what they had planned out with trying to film that whole entire sequence. So, um, right. <laughs> you know, but, but kind of getting what you were getting at too is the way it opens with breasts as you would expect, maybe anticipate that that would be something that would play up a lot more in this film, but that was basically all you got. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing. It's just a thing, you know? Yeah, they just set you up one way and then it didn't actually pan out that way. Yeah, and with much of this film's credit, you don't need any of that stuff in this film. It's just clever misdirection. <laughs> you know, they gotcha. You get to see it in this opening sequence for a little bit, but that's all you're going to get and don't expect any more. Yeah, and it's it's like the perfect length to get it over with and enjoy the rest of the film <laughs> with post-nut clarity. Exactly, and <laughs> the clever thing, there was really nothing sexual about it either. You know, it wasn't like in a sexual manner that the way this played out it just happened to be a woman who had her tits out <laughs> to be crude about it but that's what it is you know she just happened to be uh in some old pilgrim attire and she got axed up that was it but, but you know it, it set the film in motion and when we, once we get that expo it made a little bit more sense right man overall this is a movie i am gonna watch again like this was so fun yeah yeah, it's really cool, man. I actually went on to the old Thanksgiving movie website. So this thing is like, yeah, it's it's funny because on certain links, it'll go to what they call the Wayback Machine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the archives and actually pull shit out. And uh, one of them, actually, you can go on to this website. There are links to it on Wikipedia at the bottom of the page on this film's uh, Wikipedia page. But you can actually download the original uh, script the film oh shit that's cool yeah it's really interesting and you can read how that opening sequence how they wanted it to play out you can read how they had it all written up so mm. it's pretty interesting yeah that was pretty clever yeah like so reading a little bit more about these guys is they were juniors i guess entering their senior year at loyola marymount college mm -hmm. and yeah they just grabbed a you know a group of friends and uh I think they said they, they shot this in 11 days over the course of that summer. And because they were fans of like Chopping Ball, and Jack Frost, Uncle Sam, Leprechaun, films like that, they were thinking about, you know, holiday themed films and which ones didn't really have a horror film attached to it. And it came down for them either to Easter or Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And so they were kind of like tossing around ideas. And one actually was for an Easter slasher film they were going to call Extravacill, with the emphasis on the egg Extravacill. <laughs> right, and like having a giant killer Easter bunny. But instead, they, they chose Thanksgiving as a backdrop. And they said after, you know, a couple of seconds after deciding the Thanksgiving theme, they knew it was going to be about a killer turkey and... They wanted uh, to have like a bunch of one-liners in it, and they said the Thanksgiving came instantly. And then they had conversations, and I think they said they were like in San Diego, and Stewart pretty much wrote the script and gave it over to uh, Jordan Downey, the director, and he made a couple revisions. And then they added in some of their friends to help with some of like the dialogue between the turkey and some of the jokes and stuff like that, just kind of polish it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, once they had it 
all set in motion. They rewrote a little bit of it as it was kind of playing out. Like I said, they had some visions before and they had to rewrite some of the other shit. But for like for 3,500 bucks, also at the time, because this came out like 2009, Mm -hmm. this was still kind of early days of Netflix, mind you, where, you know, they were still sending out DVDs and all that shit through the mail is that one of the, the distributors that picked them up, they got them to play on Netflix and it became kind of popular on Netflix, got a little bit of a cult following. And that's what helped them do like a Kickstarter oh, campaign. Yeah. Yeah. For the sequel. And they raised over a hundred, I think 110 grand for it. Oh yeah. So way <laughs> more of the budget. I want to see, uh, I want to see that crazy. one now, see what they do with that extra budget. Yeah, well, what I read a little bit, I read another article where they went back to their university and they basically shot on the stage of the film school that they were a part of at uh, Loyola. So it's pretty interesting, man. I'm kind of curious about that as well. And like I said, it's going to be a little confusing for people who aren't familiar if they haven't seen this film. And then we talk about a sequel and they're like, well, there, I don't find anything for Thanks Killing Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because Thanksgiving Part Two is technically Thanksgiving Three. Yeah. Because in Thanksgiving Three, they're searching for the lost movie Thanksgiving Part Two. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's so silly, man. So once again, pretty clever. I think it's it's unique to the genre, and it's nice to have like this kind of independent stuff thrown in because these guys, you know, they bring something unique to the table and it works for sure. I'm not sure I have much else to say about this movie though. No. Um, like I said, if you like those silly ass films, in this case, it is so bad that it happens to be really good. Really <laughs> yeah. It really silly, but a lot of fun, man. Like I said, it was a lot of fun. So I, I recommend it to fans of no, that style of horror and, and comedy. All, it's not gay at all, Billy. <laughs> Actually, spending time with your family is one of the most important things you can do in your life. <laughs> Isn't that right, Kristen? Just not this Thanksgiving. Like we said, stay away from people. You're yeah, all exactly. fucking playgrats. All of you are fucking playgrats. Anyway. <laughs> exactly. And this gives you a good, perfect excuse to watch this film. Yeah. It'll bring cheer and, and happiness to your life. This will be, I mean, honestly, for some people, this movie is going to be better than your family anyway. So, In a lot of ways, it probably is. That's all I got, though. And we do have next week picked. We do, fortunately enough. And I'm excited about it, too. Next week will be The Color Out of Space, starring Nicolas Cage. Yeah, and you know we are big fans of The Cage. Based off of the H.P. Lovecraft short story huge fans of HP Lovecraft. I'm super excited. I haven't seen it yet. I know that you have, right? I've seen it one time, so I'm really excited watching it upon my second and third times. Hell yeah. In order to listen to us talk about that next week, please hit subscribe if you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us if you're listening to us right now, that would be super cool because the entire world is ran on algorithms and we want to be all up in those algorithms. Also, tell people about us. We really appreciate that. Yes, um, we do. To go along with that, you can always go check out our website, www.friedsquirms.com. You know, contact us through there by emailing us, squirmcast at gmail.com. Use that, you know, the website to check out our entire back catalog. Or while you're there, click the links up at the top because we are part of the Earverm Podcast Network. 
Go listen to other shows on the network. Listen to me talk about a whole bunch of nerdy shit over on General Nerdery. Listen to my co-host from there talk about war treatises mixed with modern day war gaming like 40k and Belagarth over on the Art of War Gaming. More shows to come decently soon. Also find us fights, squirms across all the social medias. Exactly. And once again, we do like your recommendations. If you have suggestions for the show, let us know. And if you're an independent filmmaker, if you need some eyeballs on your films, let us know. We always enjoy reviewing your films. Hells yeah. And that's all I got for this week. I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Fried squirms. Out. Out. <laughs>